Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of Final Stallions! What up everybody, it's Club. Welcome to this episode of Vinyl Stallions, a podcast about all things music. Find us on social at Vinyl Stallions. Today we have an incredible guest. We have Derek McKenzie. Derek is the drummer for the UK-based acid jazz band Jamiroqua. He is also an extremely talented DJ. He's been playing a run of shows with the Jamiroqua keyboard player Matt Johnson as well. Um, so we catch him at an interesting time. He's got a couple more shows with Matt coming up and then a handful of dates with Jamiroqua a little bit later on in the year. Um, but Derek was awesome to talk to. Uh, we are really proud of this episode and hope you enjoy. All right. Well, Derek McKenzie, welcome to Vinyl Stallions. How are you living today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me, Vinyl Stallions. Um, it's a real pleasure to be here um, and, uh, and an honor, really. You know, I was actually quite surprised to get your message to do this. So I'm like, I digress. <laughs> and I saw that you do that you did um you did an interview with uh, Tony Monrell. Yeah, yeah, we just did spoke it. to Tony. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was with him on Wednesday actually, um, okay. uh, to do a gig, uh, like a charity gig, believe it or not, for Amp Fiddler because apparently he's he's not very young. Because he's from Detroit, right? I think he's from Detroit. Amp Fiddler, keyboard player, old funk guy, play <laughs> does all the P funk stuff. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's funny. We're hanging with Tony. Yeah, no, it, uh, he he was an absolute pleasure to talk with, and um, mm-hmm. it's it it's crazy. I get how close the scene that is is there over in the UK. So, uh, have you known Tony for a while? Yeah, I've known Tony Tony for a while, um, but we've never actually uh, worked together. So we've always met up at gigs because you know he does incognito and then we're like Jamaica and incognito are on the same gig um so but we've never actually worked together so when i saw him last wednesday we we're actually talking about doing something doing something together whether it be a record or a gig or, or whatever it'd just be it'd be a real pleasure because i'm i'm a big fan basically a big fan of, uh, of tony have been for a while yeah you guys would make some great music your drumming his singing like yes that'd be really cool <laughs> yeah he's great man he's great you know um from way, way, way back, um, you know, I've been listening to his tracks, you know, his songs that he's been doing, all the dance track, the jazz stuff, uh, his own stuff. Um, and he is one of the, uh, one of the, the, the more well-known soul jazz funk singers, so to speak, you know, uh, in the UK, but where his voice just gets to everyone. When people hear him sing, they just go, we love this guy. It doesn't matter what kind of music you like. When you hear his voice, you love his voice. You love it. You know, love it. He sings, man. So big respect to him. You know what I mean? You know, he's definitely not a one-trick pony. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. No, man of many talents indeed. Yeah. Uh, no, it was a pleasure to talk to him and kind of dive into his history. But uh, mm. yeah. yeah, Derek, I mean, let's start with you. Like, so it's, it's funny because uh, over here in the U.S., I mean, 
we hear of Jamir Kwai and kind of uh, the music and um, just the essence of acid, jazz, funk, everything that it brings. And, right. Um, I know you. Uh, so what was your first album with the band? Um, my first album was uh, Return of the Space Cowboy. That was my first okay. album. And so, right. damn, and for those who don't know, that's their uh, second album. So you've been yeah. with Ameriquai ever since. Uh, can you just break no. it down for us? Like, how did that opportunity present itself? And uh, were you friends with JK? And Or just break it down for our listeners. Yeah. Okay, so no, I, I didn't even know, really know of the band because I was playing with um, an, a hip-hop band who were also signed to Acid Jazz called um, Urban Species. So they were like okay. a hip-hop band. Gigging with them. Touring uh, them. Uh, and then I tried the when you're going to learn and stuff like that. <clears throat> and in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I kind of hear what these guys are trying to do, but it's, it's nearly there, but not quite right. Do you know what I mean? But I was into the music. I was into the music and everything. And then as it goes, I went to, after being with them for like a couple of years, I went to a barbecue. And at the barbecue, I met a guy, an engineer, producer called Simon Law, who did the soul to soul stuff back in the 90s. He did a lot of production and programming for them back in the day. Yeah. Um, and I gave my number to um, Simon. And Simon said, Yeah, you know, if I've got any work to do, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll basically give you a call. Okay, fine, cool. You don't really expect to hear much. Lo and behold, literally like a week later, um, the phone goes. And it's, at, and it's EMI, the publishers, and it's um, the, the head of A&R who's, who's been, said to me, um, this is band called Jamiroquai, and they're looking for a new drummer. And so I was like, okay. And I'd, I'd never heard of the band. I'd never heard of them, didn't know anything about them, nothing. I knew nothing. I saw the symbol when I was driving past, but there was no, because when, when they, when they brought out the, the first album, it was just a sign. It was just a symbol, yeah. no name, nothing. It was just a symbol, right? So driving up and down the road and passing this symbol all the time, you know? Um, and so I said, yeah, okay, cool. You know, I'll have a go. Why not? You know, I've got nothing to lose. Uh, anyway, I went to the, I went to the audition. So I had to go and audition and my first audition with them. Um, which was with Toby, uh, God rest his soul, because he's now passed. It was with Toby uh, and Stuart and Wallace. Um, and we did like a, I think I jammed with them for about two hours or something like that. You know what I mean? Just jamming out, just playing music and just playing away, uh, which was great. It was really good fun. Um, and then uh, literally towards the end, this guy, I saw this guy standing at the back and with another guy, a taller guy, and didn't know who it was, didn't really care, wasn't really bothered. Do you know what I mean? Just played, I was just enjoying the music. And literally towards the end, as I was, he comes forward and he says, he goes, hi, I'm Jay. And I'm like, hello, mate. Nice to meet you. You know, still not knowing, still not knowing who he was. I didn't know, didn't know. I'm like, because I don't know what they look like, nothing, you know. 
And then, <laughs> and then of course, we start playing one of the tracks because I've learned some of the tracks. Uh, and then he started singing. And then I recognized the voice. And I went, oh, you're the guy that sings all the songs. <laughs> I went, okay, so you're the guy. Oh, you're JK. Oh, okay. Ooh, ooh. And, you know, we just kind of like just, just got a really well from there. And then I got called for a second audition um, as well so between me and another guy. And, uh, and fortunately, um, I, I got the job. So, and that was back in 1994. Yeah. Uh, so almost 30 years later, still That's going. Right, yeah. Still rocking and rolling. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it's 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 like that's absolutely crazy to one be able to get that opportunity, and then again, as Klopp just said, the longevity of it all. Um, yeah. What's what's the the process like? I guess and now as you've continued uh, throughout the albums of like actually writing the music, does it all come from Jay? And then he says, "All right, boys, let's see where you can fill in." Or how does that process it, work? Uh, well, right up until say the last album. It was basically everyone in the studio and we just jam out grooves jam out chords jam out beats just just play and just see what see what happens uh but whilst we're doing that a lot of it is led it's all it's basically it's all led by joe basically oh yeah that sounds cool let's use that or oh, that sounds cool that doesn't sound so good or whatever but you know we're all kind of putting into the pot so to speak you know and everything's done from scratch. So whatever you hear on the album, it's not like, like an idea that I wrote two months before or anything like that apart from one track, right? But it's all done like on the spot during that writing period, basically. Very cool. Yeah. So, and that's how it's, uh, that's how the majority of the albums have come together. The last album was done uh, with Matt, the keyboard player now, um, Matt Johnson and and Jay, where they just sat down in a room and just basically bashed out chords and melodies, basically. And then we would get called in to play to play our to play our parts, basically. Uh, that was that was that was the last album which Matt produced uh, and and Jay wrote the lyrics and melodies and stuff. And you know they just did it all, and we just came in and just played our parts. You know, did our additional bits, basically. Um, but the majority of it is all the majority of it is done with the band all the time it's done with the band together and from, from what i believe the next album will most probably be going back to the old school where we're all back in the studio again as well yeah yeah you guys are due the last one was what 2017 2017 yeah that was the last uh that was the last album yeah that was the last album um Automaton and um um it was it wasn't strange doing doing the album in that way it was it was just different you know and it was my uh first experience of being uh called in to play on something that was more or less already written but they would have like a verse of chorus and then i would play my beats across whatever they had basically there might be a drum machine beat uh, uh done um and then i would play live drums over whatever that was there and then matt 
would then put together like a hybrid um, of my drums. You know what I mean? So a bit electronic, bit of live, all mixed together, you know, um, which he's actually got very good at, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that album came out great, and yeah, I agree. It's definitely the most electronic of all yeah. the Iroquois albums. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think we're going to go back to do it. We're, we're going to go back to the whole kind of the live thing, really, because that's where our strong points are. Do you know what I mean? We're a live band, essentially. We are a live band. So I'm just telling you Absolutely. we are a live band and we just want and we want to be a live band you know that's that's our thing we i mean on stage when we play we play we use electronics uh samples so i'd use electronic samples so to speak um uh just to give it a modern sound essentially you know but what you hear is all acoustic uh essentially and we've run some loops but only a couple you could you could hardly hear it when we play live because it's it's ninety percent live, ten percent electronic, basically. That's the majority, you know, and, and it's deliberately like that because we don't want to be controlled by computers, you know, when we when we're when we're playing live. Otherwise, you know, if the computer goes down, whether you've got one running in tandem or not, if that goes down and you've got ninety percent all electronics running on running off your computer. You, it'll sound like a rubbish <laughs> yeah no yeah it's interesting you say like you said Ed, i mean you're a live band as you just said mm. and, uh, to be able to transfer over what we are hearing from these records is insane to think about because there's so much going on and all these yeah. uh, just different ways and different avenues um so yeah well what is like playing live well what is your I don't know, favorite part about the whole uh, touring, the whole live aspect of it? Because like you said, you've been doing it for years and not many people even get a chance to go on the road once. What is yeah. some stuff you look forward to? And I guess the other side of the table is what are some stuff you're like, oh shit, we got to do this again? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, be honest, to be honest with you, as a band, we love to tour. We love to tour. That's We love to tour, as, as you said, you know, we're a live band. But you know, we also like to, um, the, the best part of touring is actually playing the gig and, uh, how can I say, pushing the boundaries of what you can do with the, with the, with the tracks that, that we have and the tracks that we play without it, without it being too much music for the punter. Do you know what I mean? You know, because you can get up your own backside with it and just go way out. And then it's too much music for the punter. And they're just like, it's great, but <laughs> when you actually want to hear the song, do you know what I mean? You know, that kind of thing. So, so we have... So you guys improv jam is what you're saying? Like, yeah. I'm yeah. songs? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, yeah, exactly. So even though we have the electronics, the electronics are... are a pro um, program but they're, they're operated in a way where one section could just go on and on and on <clears throat> just go on and on and on and on and on and then if jay says right change to the chorus or whatever or back to the intro we can do that that's not a problem you know so it's them because we use ableton live use ableton live so you just we're just touching well I'm, I'm not doing it we have someone that operates that um 
and that's Howard and Howard, you know, punches in the loops in and out at the right places where they need to, you know, come come and go as we're jamming across or improvising, you know, certain sections. Um, you know, once you get into the vibe, and that's again, that's one of the best parts of the of, of touring is that when we get to a certain part, we can just play that section for as long as we want and go up and down with it dynamically as well, you know. Uh, and Jay can still sing across it and do his thing um, uh, ac across the whole musical kind of journey, <clears throat> so to speak. Um, and and be free to do it as well, you know, uh, and still be able to say to us that he, he he'd be able to say to me to maybe drop down to just the kick drum or just hi hats or whatever, and it doesn't make any difference to the actual arrangement. It would just keep it would just keep going, and that's what makes it really really interesting, you know. Uh, and you kind of push the boundaries a bit, but there's still a limit to where you can go without getting too using. <laughs> I love it. That's a good way to put it. But hey, uh, we are jam band fanatics. So, yeah, oh, yes. favorite things about live performance. So, so please don't stop. Just keep on going. No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're definitely not going to do that. That's for sure. <laughs> one, admittedly, one of my one of my favorite parts of the of the actual gig um, is um, we come out. We, we're doing. I think it's here for. Um, and Matt does a solo, does a piano solo, but he gets right into it. You know what I mean? You know, he gets right into it. Even Jay gets into it, you know, and it's he just does his thing. And when he goes, he just goes and we just kind of just roll with it. But he's he's so good at what he does, you know what I mean? He just sends he sends us and like the whole audience into a complete like mad frenzy do you know what i mean but still we're all holding it together it's like just just <laughs> and it's such good fun it's just such good fun you know it's great we love it we love it. we love those kinds of things solos you know rob's doing solo or whatever i don't mean solo i'm just about just keeping the groove you know holding it down if there's space for me to do something i'll do it but otherwise i just hold it down what about me you're the mean <laughs> You're the meat and potatoes of the meal. You got to. Uh, the meat and the meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just keep, the engine keeps ticking. <laughs> and the the bass player in Jamiroquois, Paul Turner. Yeah. Have you been playing? Has he been the bassist for a while? Uh, now, uh, I was talking to Matt about this just the other day. We, we're now like. He's like 15 or 16 years in now. Okay. So he's the, he's the, the newest member, so to speak. He's the, yeah, he's like the newest. That's yeah, something so I like, was thinking about. Like you as the drummer, like obviously you have to have a good musical relationship with the bass player. Like what's yeah. that been like with him? And then I guess earlier on playing with different bassists. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, Paul is, a, is an extremely, it's an extremely experienced bass player, without a doubt, you know. And one thing with Paul, when he comes onto any gig, he does his homework. There's no doubt about it. He does his homework. So when you hear him play any song for the first time, it's like the record. It's literally like the record. And then 
people can start to bring his own uh, vibe into it, which is what he's done across the years with uh, with the whole with Jamiroquai, the, the the album, the the albums rather, and the and also the, the gigs. You know, he's just brought his his own style uh, into it, and he has a great sound as well. You know, without that, has a great sound. He's a, an extremely competent player. You know, <laughs> he's very very good, and it, and I work really well with him, even. When we do sessions outside of Jamiroquai, we we work really well together. There's no, we both know exactly how each other plays, and we're about holding down and playing to the to the best of our ability, having that having that great relationship without stepping on each other's toes, so to speak. It's really it's really good fun. It's good fun to be cool. It's really good. No, yeah, yeah, no, that is so so important. Um, you just got it in my mind now. We were talking to uh, Tony about being like hired as a session musician. Um, so, are you involved in like oh. any other projects? Are you ever hired as a session musician as well um, and involved in that aspect? Gosh, yeah, yeah, I am. Believe it or not, yeah, I am hired as a session musician. I did, I you know, I drum on people's people's records. Not necessarily famous people, but people that want the style that i or the style that i'm recognized for let's put it that way they they hire uh, for that so um i just did a session for a dj out of new york called uh john morales and uh and he, he wanted me to play live drums on a track which is a cover version of his, his redoing of a track called i uh i want you all tonight uh, uh it was released back in like the i want to say early night late 80s early 90s um and curtis hairston amazing singer great lyricist um and he just did and he john just wanted to just do a cover of this this track to which i just paid on my instagram you can see me playing to it I actually posted something this morning on it actually oh, because it. you could see it on there oh yeah and and so uh so um i was just gonna say is is do you know much going into those sessions i guess i don't know tony was explaining how like sometimes as a session musician you really don't know what you're getting into until you show up um for multiple reasons but how is it as a drummer yeah uh same <laughs> the same uh i normally because i'm if the session if it's a uk person i normally always for in fact if it's anyone i always say to them send me an mp3 of the track uh one with drums one without drums basically uh and if i'm doing a session where the artist is not there like john for instance you know like john Rennes, i could say look send me um a version of the song with a loop in so i can just groove to that loop um a, a, a loop which basically sets up the groove of the track that you're that, that they're using as like a as like an inspiration from a from a rhythmic point of view um so that would leave like maybe the conversing or something you know or a cowbell anything like that which can help me to to groove as well as just the metronome or the cowbell that they're using to, to keep the metronome i always would like something else so i go in there 
and then I'd listen to the the lyrics, uh, the vocals, the the bass, and whatever's going on, and then just and then just just work my way through through the track. Um, a lot of the time, because they've sent me something prior, it's it's easier for me to deal with. But if I don't have it and they just send it like on the day, then that takes me a little bit longer because you need to get used to the track. You need to work out where certain things are, you know, the arrangement of the track uh, and then just grooving with the track and just and trying to play it the best way that you can. Um, there are tracks where I've walked, where I've done the session and sent the files away and then had to listen to the track again and then just gone, yeah, do you know what? That's really not good enough. So then I go back to the artist and I say, can I do it again? <laughs> um, to which they say, fine. They said, well, to us, it's, it sounds fine. And I'm, and I go, well, it's, I don't think so. I think I could play it better, you know? And so that's what I do. I just go back to the studio and then just replay it. And I actually replay it better because now I know the track and what's going on. I can just work out things in my head, drum fills, the groove, sit on the groove a lot better. Um, uh, even, you know, tune up the drums better, you know, anything, any kind of situation like that, you know, I can rectify all those, all that situ all those situations when I go back again, just to give the, 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 the artist or the client, the producer, whoever, um, uh, Yeah. Derek, you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, cut out for a sec. Oh, did it? What was it? What was the last bit? Let me check my my internet. It might be rubbish. Uh, yeah, my internet actually. It's not not the best in the world. Um, what's the last thing you heard you're all good we honestly heard everything about the breakdown of uh what you do with the studio and how you can go back in and change it all up so um i yeah i'm pretty sure we heard everything and that's like very interesting okay. um and also as like a person who is hiring you as a studio musician and you say hey i want to go back in like why the hell would they say no that other one is never going bad like it'll always be there and you can always uh like you said improve it um from where it's at so no, that's very interesting. Yeah. You diving into that. Yeah, yeah, no, no worries. Um, plus, they'll have two takes or three. Oh, by the end of it, they'll have like five takes of the same track. <laughs> you know, yep. <laughs> use your favorite one. Boom. <laughs> yeah, use whichever one you want. It's fine. Chop it, put it back together. Do whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's interesting. <laughs> You had mentioned too, so the last session you did was for a DJ. Um, uh -huh. We also noticed you've been doing some DJ sets yourself. How, right. How's that going? And what what is that like versus, you know, playing the drums live? Those are two totally different things, I imagine. Um, being a drummer, um, for me, they kind of work in parallel. Uh, with the, with one another with the whole rhythmic thing beat matching because of the type of music that i play 
because uh, I play like disco, new disco, uh, house, like melodic house, so house music with songs. Uh, and then I play a bit of tech house, uh, deep soulful house, you know, that kind of stuff, soulful house I play as well. So, you know, it, they kind it goes, they work in parallel, they work parallel to each other, I think. Um, I, the good thing about being a DJ is that I get to listen to a lot of music. <laughs> um, work out what's, what's good, what's going on within the music, the genre of music that I like to play, of course, you know, what's current, what's not so current, what's great, what's not so great, you know, that kind of work. But just to me, not to other people, just, just, just for me. Um, but I really enjoy, I must admit, I do enjoy DJing. I do enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. Um, yes, it's it's different to to drumming, um, but it's great to see people dancing to and enjoying that disco, new disco style of new. You know, um, it's great to see them really like, just getting really getting down to it. Um, uh, I do a radio show as well, uh, which I do every two weeks, uh, and then goes out across different stations globally um and what i play again is what i play is disco new disco a bit of house a bit of soulful house a bit of broken beat stuff uh just whatever takes my fancy really you know um what i started doing also um recently pads when i dj okay and stuff on it you know so and i've got it spread across like three kits and the on the on the pad so i can switch between switch between kits and i can just play congas timbales different symbols sin drums you know electronic drums you know you know what i mean just uh just to make it different plus it gives the people um some things to look at not me just djing but me djing and drumming like at the same time you know so it makes it quite Quite, ent quite entertaining. Um, did a gig on New Year's, New Year's Eve, uh, where I play, play one, something that I don't play very often, which is like tech house. Do you know what I mean? I'm really quite hard house stuff, like kind of 126, 127 BPM, which is quite fast for me. Um, but it was actually really enjoyable. I really, really enjoyed it. I played for two hours. Uh, the first hour, I just played like what was current and and played with, you know, my, my timbales and bits and bobs, you know, in the breakdowns and stuff. And then in the second hour, I, I played more of the the house hits, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? That people know, you know, just to kind of raise, raise up the vibe a bit, you know, and it, and it worked really well. But it's great to play the pads because it really worked. It really, it really, really worked. You know, the people really enjoyed it. I, th I think at first they thought, oh, what's he doing? That's really strange. How's he doing that? Because everyone else just DJs. I just like, in the breakdowns, I'll be doing like these mad Tim Barley solos, you know, but it worked, you know, but it worked. And people got with it, you know, um, after a few minutes, they got with it. So it was great. Yeah, I love to do it. It's great. I love DJ. <laughs> No, it's 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 big. I mean, when I go see DJs, uh, one I mean I love is Grizz, who plays the saxophone while DJing. And right. Like seeing that that takes it, in my opinion, to a whole other level to be able to witness something, be creative live, 
like live yeah, yeah. while all this stuff's going on. And yeah, I couldn't imagine, man. Uh, just I mean, with technology in the past handful of years, with how many different noises you can make, how you can have everything at a touch yeah. of a button and be able to, like you said, go exactly. From, like like that's great. So how exactly? How long have you been DJing for though? Like when did you get into it, and what kind of sparked your interest? So I've been into DJing from when I was a kid. To be honest, I've been into it from when I was at school. I've been into DJing. And my friends, they had like what we called a sound system back then. Do you know what I mean? So there was all these different sound systems, they had all different names. Uh, and then I'd go to like different functions and listen to them play. Uh, and it wasn't until I was maybe 17 or something like that, I decided to like kind of, what's the word? Uh, put my foot into step into the water of uh DJing world um which is unsuccessful <laughs> I can admittedly say <laughs> unsuccessful uh and, it, and then you know rock on fast forward you know years on uh back in 2016 no back, back in 2015 2015 2016 I started DJing again basically uh, but what I did, I just had like a little small controller, like a new micro controller and my computer. And I'd go into these clubs and just play, you know what I mean? Just play my, play my music house, whatever, soulful house, whatever. Uh, and then just kind of slowly worked, worked my way up, learned how to work with CDJs, um, joined a crew called iCulture, uh, who are based here in the UK. And I, and I played with them, uh, quite a lot, actually and they are the guys that have been my um big support for djing getting into that whole dj scene meeting people um teaching me how to dj and learning how to use all the equipment and everything you know uh and you know i give big props to to steve and richard from my culture for for helping me to to develop my skills so to speak i'm not as good as them but I do my best considering I'm, I'm a musician first and foremost then i'll put myself maybe a dj maybe dj oh, no no quotes necessary but um but yeah i've been djing properly since about 2016 i'd say 2015 2016. i mean so i've unfortunately never been across the pond to europe and have never uh had a chance to experience just anything and but all what everyone keeps talking about is how prominent the edm scene and just the dj scene is over there um what can you i guess describe in just the local scene and uh um changing? uh i think the local scene here it depends on where you are what country you're in you know so you come to the uk you get house the, the predominant the most dominant predominant scene is the house scene without a doubt you know it's the house music um tech house not so much right but you have drum and bass um house music's good but you know closely and actually what's doing really well at the minute is that disco scene that disco new disco scene yeah it's doing very well here uh, because there's quite a few DJs who are coming from abroad and coming here and playing and playing that old school disco music and, you know, filling up venues with it. 
yeah. know, venues with it, you know. So, and we're very, very lucky to, um, to have that. You know what I mean? There's not, there's not like a, there's no like competition as such. But we just know every everything has its section. So if you're into house music, you can find a house gig to go to without a doubt. And then if you say, all right, okay, now I'm going to go and listen to, uh, I think I'm going to go and listen to, I don't know, let's say Dave Lee, Joey Negro, do you know what I mean? And that crew, you can then just go literally just down the road and then go and listen to disco and new disco with Dave Lee, which is just, you know, amazing and still have a good vibe, you know? Awesome. What are some uh, uh, must hit venues then in that area? Must hit venues. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, <laughs> there's quite a few. There's quite a few. I would say if you went to, it's not even about venues, it's about areas. Okay. So if you go to Shoreditch, which is like East London, bordering on the city of, of London, there's, there's a lot of venues around there uh, that do a lot of different gigs basically different bars um in the west end there's a few but not so much it's more the shoreditch area there's a few in south london but you kind of go to where everyone congregates and everyone as in from all over london will congregate towards shoreditch area maybe covent garden um leicester square area maybe you know um and just and just go to what and it's more about it's not just so much about clubs now it's more about bars yep. bars are the places that are doing it now it's more about the bars you know? um and that kind of underground scene i went to a place called recently in east london not too far from the city uh called uh it's called the oval um and it seems to be like a relatively new place but it's an underground venue which has lots of underground artists but they have some really great djs and some great talent playing there like every week every other week i went to see my friend melva baptiste play there with uh with his crew called remedy and he just goes there and he just kind of he adds how can i put it he uh it's like a presentation of his new acts of his new releases and he DJs and some other people DJ as well. Uh, and it was a really good night. But that, it's places like this that exist more in London now, together with the bars. Uh, um, uh, there's, there's a place called the Prince of Wales in Brixton, which is South London. And things happen there. It's like a three-story three pub. And then right on the roof, they've got a big vent. They've got a, a nice space. Thing. Sorry? I was just saying that's a cool setup for a fucking bar. Like, oh right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, awesome. um, it's yeah. So it's got three, and then you know, in Camden, of course, you've got Jazz Cafe, which is a great club and also a great venue. There's the Forge, which is just literally just around the corner. You've got Coco, which is just down the road. These are just in Camden, so there's so many different places that you can go to to get different styles of music. You know, and not just house and disco and whatever, just alternative indie music, rock music. You know, it's it's picking up in London considering the, the pandemic shut the whole lot down. You know, it's all seemed to have uh, picked up again, to be honest. 
Awesome. Well, hey, hopefully it picks up enough where uh, you can travel over to the U.S. and we can see you here. Cause yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Well, I um I was over last year, um playing. I did a a, a DJ gig with Miguel Meeks. Don't know if you know Miguel Meeks. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did the gig with Miguel Meeks and his uh, Get Salted uh, label through um, Frankie Boise and Julius Pat. Um, with Lisa Shaw on vocals as well. So um, I played, I came and uh, played, I did a DJ set for him at one of his uh, uh, do's, as we say, one of his parties, which was amazing. And the good thing about it is that it was daytime. We love a daytime party. So it was like two till 10. So it's great. It's a long time. Yeah. 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 But, you know, there's different people playing, you know, the whole time. So, um, you know, it's it makes it really cool and the vibe is great uh, and everything. Uh, so, you know, I really enjoyed that. You know, I've done about three parties now with the Get Salted crew and I hope to do more. In fact, I've got a message from Miguel just last week asking me if I was coming back. So, you know, I'd like to go back again and <laughs> do another session with those guys because they're great. And, um, and also to DJ at, do you know a guy called Jay Crib? Jason Crew is based out of New York. He used to be with Tortured Soul. He used to okay. be the okay. bass player with Tortured Soul. Okay. Um, yeah, no, but I now he does. Yeah, he does his own thing now. So he's got his own label, and uh, you know, and he's producing, remixing, doing all sorts of things, great stuff. And now he's got his own record shop where he get, gets DJs in to come and DJ live, and he streams it. He streams it, you know, and it's. Uh, it seems to be taking off so he's asked me to come over and do something at his store so i look forward to uh to doing that yeah that's, <laughs> that's awesome um and hopefully come to where you guys are as well and come and dj where you are oh yes we are arms open welcome you here and uh and, yeah, yeah that'll be incredible we'll we'll stay in touch and i will definitely we'll definitely be looking at your schedule because yeah. it's gonna happen there we're meeting in person at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll definitely hit you up when I'm when I'm coming over. You know, really without a doubt, hit you guys up. You know, be good fun. Be good fun. Yeah, yeah. We we'd love to experience that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we asked Tony um, to uh, for a couple of weeks ago when we had him on to pick his favorite child, and I'm going to ask you the same thing. And his favorite that, child well in a sense of what is <laughs> in your in your mind your one of your favorite either jamiroquai albums or songs that stand out to you and are some of your favorite okay so um um i i, I suppose i'll say the obvious cosmic girl okay that's a that's a great tune. right um and then i like um soul education which is a really good track which is off the um the dynamite album um and i also um hmm, gosh i can't remember the name of it now there's so many tracks and i'm just like what's the name of them um <laughs> spend a lifetime is another track that i really like i didn't actually play on it 
Do you know what I mean? I think I did like a couple of little bits of drums, but it's just the string arrangements and the vocals are just like, you know, amazing. You know what I mean? You know, it's crazy. Like, I like, we love that track. No, it, love that track. That's the last track off of Traveling Without Moving, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Club and I go back and forth on just which albums we like the most. And uh emergency and then traveling are my top two for sure right i always go back to traveling as like right up there with it what do you say the one that i love that i feel like a lot of jamirica fans aren't as high on is rock dust light star like wow okay okay there's just that's some a... good ones like hey floyd yeah yeah that's but a that's kind of delving into the the um how can I call it? Like the kind of, oh, like the kind of seventies kind of pop era of America. Do you know what I mean? Blue skies that definitely fits that. Blue skies, <laughs> yeah. It's a good album. It's a good album. It was good fun to record as well. And that, and yet another album where we actually were all in the room recording all at once. You know. You know, together with and with traveling without moving as well. With traveling without moving, that was all done. All of us just recording together. All those, all those grooves. All of us just, just you know, just playing together. Apart from one track, which was um, "Use the Force," which That's is just right. me and Shola jamming for about six minutes oh on God. percussion and drums, and just playing for like six minutes. Yeah. Six minutes. And then all the music that was done was put on afterwards when we weren't there. It was all, it was all put on afterwards. Yeah. That's true. That, now that I think about that song, <clears throat> all like big drums and then like, <laughs> yeah. a few horns and then Jay going, use the voice. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, it's really, it's just all drums. <laughs> so drums yeah. That's going to be yeah. all day now. I haven't thought about that song in a minute. Use the voice. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. No, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, that catalog is endless, man. I am really excited to hear these new tunes. And if you say there's yeah. something new on the way, then yeah. we'll be listening attentively because yes, we need yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep your ears peeled. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> well, we will. Um, well, uh, Derek, we always end our uh, shows with one question. We call it the encore. And... <laughs> And we like to phrase it simply with this one question. What is your most memorable concert experience? And obviously there's going to be a bunch of them. So if there's multiple, feel free to say it. And this can go in a way of memorable, like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening in a, in a good way. Or to the opposite spectrum of what the hell did I just witness? And it could be you on stage, you as a fan. But yeah, if anything comes to mind, feel free to share. Um, I think... Uh, there's two there's two right so the um the first one was um when we we did a gig in brazil uh in rocky rio rock in rio um and we're playing the gig da, 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 da. and then we finished the song and the audience the audience was still singing the song for about another five minutes afterwards they were still singing the song. And it was like 250,000 people singing this song. Wow. And it was just nuts. Yeah, nuts. Absolutely nuts. 
It was nuts. We couldn't believe it. We were like, what? Even Jay was like, just shocked. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is just nuts. It's just nuts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other uh, experience was when we played at the O2 in England, in the UK, and uh, we started the we started the track, and everybody was you know just kind of like listening, doing you know, and getting into the songs and everything like that. And then we started one track, which was Cosmic Girl, and literally the whole place just lifted. It was just like such a mad experience where everyone just just got up, and it's and it's so weird to see twenty two and a half thousand people just get up. And dance to the dance to this track. Man. Hey, m music can move people. Uh, seriously. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not those are, yeah, those are my two biggest experiences. Also, because my mum and dad were there as well, so they witnessed it as well. So, well. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and that's honestly not the first uh, most memorable concert experience from a Brazilian crowd. So, no. Sounds yeah, yeah, we've had a couple of people share about it, honestly. So, yeah, they 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 they, they are nuts. Brazilians, uh, Mexicans, Argentinians. Not necessarily in that order, but the vibe is still it's very electric. Bringing that heat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. No worries, man. Absolutely, no worries. Love it. Love it. Loving that. Loving that. <laughs> Well, shit, Club, you got anything else for from man Derek? Yeah, no, uh, you've been super generous with your time, Derek. And oh, worries, man. We'll be keeping an eye out, see if you uh make it over to the states anytime soon, and we'll try to link up. Yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely. Do you guys base where are you based? Detroit, you say Detroit? Uh, it's like Midwest area, so I'm in Cleveland, he's closer to Detroit, but oh, okay, all right. Hey, uh, that's the beauty of living in kind of the middle of the U.S. So we can go west, south, or east. It yeah, yeah, you can go wherever. We can even go up to Canada if you're headed there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Canada oh, is like not even two hours away from me. Oh, wow. Okay. As in, are you? Do you go through the center of Canada, or do you go? Are you more Vancouver or Toronto? Um, it's like Toronto. Toronto. More Toronto, right? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, more around outside of it, but um, but yeah, no. So no matter where you come, if it's on uh, the side of the rock, we'll be there. So we'll stay. Cool, in man. But again, appreciate your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. And uh, thank you, yeah, and thank you so much for having me. Really, thank you so much for for asking me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for you know just just for your supporting of the band and uh, supporting of myself. It's a real pleasure to be on your to be on your podcast i don't get to do them very often so i was really honored when you asked like <laughs> yeah that's our pleasure it's yeah. great man thank you so much i really really appreciate it very very much great stuff all right well again there you can see everybody uh besides that i'm a spruce club another episode of final, final stallions, stallions. <laughs>